was as if he kicked about three pounds of haggis that time because it hardly got off the ground. Three pounds of haggis. 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 Three pounds of haggis because it hardly got off the ground. Moyen, Scott Brown here. Not with Nathan Snade. I'm here with uh, Anton Agassi this evening, um, who's uh, jumping in for us. This is Let's Talk Sports, show number 122. Weathered. Very hot out there, Anton, isn't it? It is a bit hot. Not good for the front rowers out there, is it? Terrifying. Um, uh, Tonight is our international... um, our international sports show. We're very lucky. We've got a guest who's going to be joining us and uh, I'm going to try and say his name properly the first time. Ura Siest van Lingen. <laughs> almost. Almost good. How, how's it go? Ure Sitze van Lingen. Well, I'll tell you what, mate, if we have to spare your name in a game of Scrabble, <laughs> that's uh, and that's do better. He's uh, playing over at Doulange at the moment, uh, teammate of uh, Philip Boych, who's been on the show before. Thanks a lot for uh, joining us this evening. Uh, it's going to be the bulk of our interview, and we'll hear about your journey and uh, and what's going on. As always, you can get in touch with uh, us during the show. It's 621-525-000. So if you want to send over some questions or send some abuse, mine and Anton's way, we'll be more than happy to uh, answer your questions. We'll start things off. Anton, 30 seconds about yourself for any of the listeners out there. Who are you and what the hell are you doing in my studio? So, um, my name is Anton Agassi. I'm 22. Um, born in France. Grew up in Luxembourg. Mum's English. Dad's Russian. Um, studying in Wales. Wow. You're yeah. like a proper yeah, yeah, hybrid. I'm, huh? I'm all over the place. Yeah. Um, and uh, Scott really likes me, so that's why I'm here. Yeah, filling in the numbers. No, no, I think you'd always uh, be well suited to this. We've talked about it before. So you're just finishing up your dissertation, aren't you? Yeah, so I'll be done with my dis uh, end of September, and then I'll be looking for work. Currently and, uh, seeking employment, if anybody's yeah, if, listening. Um, yeah, you know, let me know if anyone's needing some sort of team manager, anyone in Luxembourg, I'm here, I'm available. Basically any role to do in sport. I'll, you're in. I'll be a kit man, yeah. I'll, I'll wash the, the, the change room floor, I don't care. Touche. I mean, uh, funnily enough, the, uh, the I guess the crux of this show when we first started, we always talked about how um, a lot of the volunteers um, out there, especially when you get down to the grassroots of the game, don't get enough of a shout out, but you're taking it to the next level and uh, trying to get paid for it. So fair play. What about yourself? 30 seconds about yourself. How have you ended up in Luxembourg? Uh, yeah, I came in Luxembourg in January, uh, first playing for Victoria Rosport. Uh, my best friend, since young, he was playing there and they were looking for another player. So he, he said to the coach, uh, listen, my best friend, he can play also. So I came there, I signed a contract, then uh, played there from January till the end of the season and then do the launch game. So I signed there. So uh, funny story. Um uh, your f- your first ma- pretty much your first game for uh, Doulange went pr- well your second match went pretty well didn't it 
Uh, yeah, you can say that. <laughs> yeah, as a, especially as a striker, you know, because obviously, um, let's try and give this some context. When you're uh, you're watching on TV and you're like, oh, they spent a bit of money on this guy, brought him in. I hope he scores some goals. Well, you certainly did that. I was lucky enough to. Uh, I won't get into the crux of how I managed to watch the game, you know, because we'll incriminate somebody here. But yeah, obviously scored that hat trick against St. Pat's. And how how does that come about? Did you feel good going into the game, or it's just one of those days where you know? It, it just happens for you. Yeah, it was only luckily. No, no it, uh, yeah, I felt good. Also, the week before was the first game uh, I scored. So I, I went with confidence into the second game. And then uh, I scored, I think, after nine minutes. So you start the game good. And then, uh, yeah, to, to score the hat ring in the, literally the last seconds of the game was, was a good feeling. I mean, I... Can't, I, uh, presumably you didn't watch the game, Anton. To be fair, I followed him on Instagram before I came here and the first thing that came up was his reel of him scoring a hat-trick. Uh, rightly so. so, huh? Top he's, he's pretty I good. I hope you liked he's it, mate. Good. I hope you liked it. Yeah. But the, uh, obviously, I don't want to overshadow your hat-trick in, uh, you know, in European football, which is a hell of an achievement. But what about the own goal that your uh, goal scheme scored from the first half? Poor bloke. Uh, do you still give him a bit of stick in the changing rooms about it or has it been forgotten now and, no, and you move on? No, you know... Um, for him, it's sad because uh, it's went worldwide. Uh, so it does also something to the player, of course. Um, so yeah, I I tried to cheer him up like we all, um, and now uh, he forgot it. Uh, it happened, but I think uh, when he will retire, uh, it will come up. Huh? <laughs> I mean, obviously, uh, myself and Anton coming from a rugby background, stuff like this doesn't isn't forgotten you know and if you're ever losing an argument with him you've got what we call the trump card you know you yeah. can always pull that one Just bring it out of the bag yeah exactly but i don't know if you've seen the seen the own goal no, I haven't, to be mate fair. the poor bloke so basically what happened is it's probably about i'd say it's probably about 40 yards out and one of the some pat or St. Pat's players and one of the Doulange boys they've sort of come together and the ball has just ballooned up in the air and it's gonna land somewhere near the edge of the 18 yard box and he's obviously rushed out as you as any good goalkeeper does and then well i mean i, I i'd love to chat to him about it because it's like i don't know what else you could have done you know it's one of those ones where it comes out gets to the edge of the box and he's like oh balls obviously outside the box can't use my hands here so he's thought right i'll get my head on it and unfortunately it's gone back gone the wrong way and gone into the goal but hey he made some great saves later on so it is what it is isn't it that's that's the beauty about football though isn't it you make you make a mistake but you can make up for it very quickly because it's such a Exactly, a fast so place game. It, it happened. Have yeah. you, you done anything like that, Scott? Anything any, stupid? Any own goals? Any own goals? Loads I don't of think them. You can in rugby, though. You can't. You can't really do it in rugby. No, can you can you? do stupid stuff in rugby. I've done plenty yeah, of those over Kai, the years. Kai's going to hate me, but he basically scored an own goal in on the yeah, seven. That's harsh, mate. That's harsh. He's, he's going to hate he's bringing it up. Yeah. He's my neighbour. I can do it to him. <laughs> um, as always, before we get into the the crux of the interview, we'll uh, we always start things off with a few. Uh, we like to talk about sport and the history of the world, obviously on the 20th of August. So um, first, the first one is in 1988, it was a, um, originally the, um, the longest tennis match. Okay. And uh, the first game went 19 to 21 and it ended up being an 80 game first round contest. Now you probably remember a couple of years ago at Wimbledon, there was the uh, match that went on for like a day and a half. Do you remember that? No? no. You ever see that one no. as well? You remember that miss, don't you? Yeah, no, you are here, me. Um, yeah, but mate, this game went on for like a day and a half, and on the tiebreaker, they just kept winning and winning. It went up to like ninety points. I'll pull up who the match, uh, who the match was actually uh, between, but that was an absolute mad one. Um, and this is a big one. In two thousand, um, Tiger Woods became the first 
for uh, nearly 50 years to win three majors in a calendar year. I mean, whenever you talk about people at the top of the game, Tiger yeah. Woods is always he's definitely up there. He's always top of the list, isn't he? Um, Usain Bolt, um, he obviously ran the 200 meters in a um, in, in a world record of 19.3. I always say it on this show. Like I love absolutely any sport, but there is nothing like watching the 100 meters because I wasn't obviously that fast. Anton, I know you Mate, small legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> churning away. But watching the guys go 100 meters hell for leather and and uh, clocking those times is always brilliant to see. Um, here's an interesting one. 1960. It was the birthday of a guy called Morten Anderson, okay? And he was a Danish pro footballer, right? And he holds the record in the NFL for the most number of games. So a Danish guy in the NFL. How many games do you think he played? Really no idea. Well, you know, I, I got the notes in front no, of you. I, I, don't, I don't even know how many, how many they play in a season in no, the NFL. Me too. Probably about 15, 20 games a season normally. He's got to be hundreds then, surely. 382 Jesus he was a goal he was a goal kicker that is all he did for years I, I, I can never understand that NFL a player that's just a goal kicker like in, but, in, in most sports you do more than you, you do a defender you know whatever but in NFL just come on just a kick <laughs> you're part of the special goal. teams yeah. I mean personally get paid I, I think it's the ultimate job because yeah. so, you get to wear all yeah. the pads yeah. you're not really going to have to smash anybody yeah um, but yeah, 382. And he, yeah, he was uh, he was born in Copenhagen in Denmark. So a bit of a random one there. But I mean, he's played more games than the likes of, you know, um, Tom Brady and all that sort of stuff. But so there's a random stat. We always talk about building up a pub, a pub quiz team, you know, for some random sporting knowledge. And certainly that would be uh, that would be um, where to start. So um, as we as we were saying, you obviously started off at Victoria Rossport, played half a season there, then moved to Dude Lounge. What's that like going to a new club then? Are they all welcoming or are they like, oh God, we got another couple? Because I know <laughs> what it's like um, at rugby clubs, certainly when you when you, you play a little bit higher up, you you get a lot of boys who are on trial. So they might only be in for uh, a week. Even I've seen guys get cut after half a session and stuff. It's pretty savage. So yeah, what was that like turning up at Dude Lounge then? Um... For me, uh, there were some guys where I played against uh, when I was playing for Rosplot. I played two times against Dudelange. Yeah. And one of them was uh, our current captain, uh, Bruno. Um, he said during the game where I scored a nice goal against Dudelange, he said, uh, you're a good player, good goal. So when I knew he stays also there, um, you know, there is already one guy who, who likes you. And yeah, directly from the first moment, uh, they welcomed me. So I felt directly good also with the coach and the whole staff. So I felt directly good. So just to um, go go back a little bit further. And now, again, I normally get Nathan to say all the difficult words and stuff. So forgive me if I'm pronouncing this wrong. But you basically came up the ranks. At, um, is it FC Groningen? Groningen. Yeah. Groningen. There we go. I'm going to work on my Dutch, mate. Um, in the Netherlands. So, did you play up there all the way through the juniors? Yeah. I think from under 11. Yeah. Nowadays, it's under 11 till uh, under 23. So okay. 10 years in the youth. And are you are you still in contact with a load of those boys? Have some guys gone on to play for the seniors there or a lot of guys gone off and played um yeah, I still elsewhere. have uh, sometimes some contact with some guys. Uh, some are playing in the highest league of uh, Holland. Some playing in uh, Italy, Germany. So some made uh, made some good steps. It's funny, isn't it? Because if you have if you rewind it sort of thirty years ago, players tend to sort of stay 
quite locally and you you would naturally have a lot of homegrown players playing for the for the first team if you like whereas now there's so many opportunities you know just because you maybe maybe the coach doesn't like you or whatever it might be you can go and still you know ultimately make a career somewhere else there's so many more opportunities uh, to go and play elsewhere um but yeah when does the big decision come where you're so you're playing for the under 23s where you want to go and you know move you know what go and play in Luxembourg or wherever you might have played where, where did that come about First, I never thought that I would ever play in Luxembourg, to be honest. Uh, I didn't even know they play football here. Yeah, part of Germany. Yeah, we've heard that one before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, uh, for me, um, actually, I only knew Dudelange as uh, the biggest club and Dieferdans because they won one time in the Europa League, I think, against uh, Utrecht. Yeah. So in Holland, that was big news. Um, but furthermore, you, you didn't hear anything about Luxembourg football. Um, but yeah, my career um, um, went how it went, and then, as I, I as I told my best friend, uh, he came out of nowhere here in Luxembourg, and yeah, then to play again with your best friend, uh, we had some fun. So. so is he is he still playing there now? Is he at Rostock? No, now? no, no. He decided to go back to Holland, so it's sad uh, for me that he left, but uh, he wanted to go back to Holland. Oh, it is what it is, and as I said, you were. Uh, you know, um, where, where you're from in uh, in the Netherlands, is that a big football region? You know, are they mad for the football back home? Yeah, I'm coming from Friesland. It's, uh, yeah, they, in general, they love really sports. Uh, you have their uh, ice skating. Maybe, you know, uh, in Heerenveen, it's always the World Cups and so on. So because everywhere's flat in, in the Netherlands, isn't it? <laughs> flat windmills really everywhere flat. and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, sports is living there. Uh, so, of course, football is the biggest sport. So, you have two big clubs, Heerenveen and Cambuur. Before, they played both in the highest league. Now, one is playing in the second league also. But, yeah, living there. Happy days. Well, I'm just bouncing back to the, uh, the, the hat-trick you scored. Did you get to keep the match ball? For sure. Yeah? Yeah. Well, but, obviously, now, and I mean this in the most respectful way possible, but... I know I'm pretty sure that if we if we were playing in the Sunday League here and you scored a hat trick, they'd be like, "No, no, we only get ten of them for the season, yeah, so you can't so you can't keep the ball." So yeah, yeah. is that up in the the trophy cabinet in the toilet? Where is that, or is it? It's uh, he sleeps with it. It's just yeah, in there. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, next to next to my bed. Ah, rightly so. so. Yeah, there you go. Uh, my you. wife on one side, yeah, ball on oh, the other side. Perfect. Priorities, so priorities. It, like if she moves it a little bit, you come in and be like, "Why did you touch yeah. my baller?" <laughs> exactly. We, we don't touch the yeah. ball. <laughs> <laughs> the cleaner will get um, will get shouted out. So um, obviously, you're. It, it's always quite difficult when I when you think about the qualifiers for like the Champions League, Europa League, and the Conference and stuff because. It's essentially not actually part of the season, is it? So you're, I mean, you're turning up and you've, you've got to be fit very early because it's not like in rugby where we can have our, our six weeks or our eight weeks to get in shape for the season. You could be turning up and, you know, you could be playing after a couple of weeks because obviously what people see on TV with the Champions League is always, you know, sort of the end of September and into October, isn't it? Whereas you're... And I mean this with the greatest amount of respect. You're not at that stage yet, so you have to play all the matches, the matches before. Exactly. It's uh, also for me to be honest. The, the first time I played in Europe, um, and I think uh, we all had a preseason of four weeks, and I joined the group uh, one week later. Uh, so I had a preseason of three weeks, while normally you have six till eight weeks. 
um, also St. Patrick's, they were middle in the season. Uh, that's right, because obviously St. Pat's have to sort of compete with the, the GAA and stuff, with yeah, the Gaelic exactly. football in Ireland. So the, the, the yeah. season is slightly more structured. So they're actually well into their yeah. season, so aren't they? they were, I think they played uh, more than 20 games. So they, they knew the rhythm and so on. So for us, uh, as I say, I, I was three weeks in pre-season. It's more difficult than when you were in the rhythm. But uh, at the end, we did a great job as, as the whole team. Um, I mean, obviously, myself and Antoine love talking about the fitness and stuff like that. But um, what sort of stuff do you do for, for, for getting fit for football? Because obviously rugby, very different. Squash would be very different. But, you know, we've all heard about the Bronco, which is fairly, yeah. is horrible. Do you, is it old school? Do you do the bleep test? Or, you know, what do you do for your fitness testing in, 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 in football? Uh, here, we didn't do uh, the test. Um, but maybe before I did, of course, uh, with my other clubs. Uh, but yeah, for myself, I, I really do a lot for my football. Besides the, the trainings with the group, I do a lot uh, for myself. And I think it's necessary, especially nowadays, You, the football asks more and more. I think in every sport, it's going quicker and you can't do only at the group you need to do yeah you've got to do your own but your also own stuff. recovery is really important I think the balance is the most important between uh, training and recovery nice yeah um, do you guys play with uh, GPS when, with, with your club yes, like, yes. So, so do you know how many kilometers you go through in a game on average uh, I go in efforts uh, 12 kilometers. But you're quite lazy, aren't you? Because you're a striker, so you don't do as <laughs> much just, running, just no, isn't it? Tap, tap-ins all day. That's it. He just, just hangs around. Normally, you, you would say a striker is, yeah. uh, is lazy, but uh, I, I always run the most. Ah, the stats yeah. never lie, you know. Exactly. Uh, so work, work off the ball. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, 12 no, that's kilometer, good. 12 kilometers, that's... that's yeah. That's a scary amount of running. That, that terrifies me as a front row. That 5K would, ch- yeah. would scare you oh, as well, man. wouldn't it? Five, five metres yeah. scare me, Jesus. <laughs> but with, uh, I mean, that's a really interesting point because the, the GPS, uh, the trackers, um, obviously can manage, obviously takes into account your your fatigue and stuff like that. And is that why if we're watching on TV, it's always, there's a reason why substitutes tend to be made are sort of around 65, 70 minutes more because guys are getting tired or is that more tactical when you see that, that sort of thing? Uh, depends on the game, of course, but sometimes it's tactical, sometimes a uh, matter of fitness. Uh, but as I say, it really depends on the game. Because it's, uh, I mean, it'd be interesting, but it, um, unfortunately it's just one of those things, obviously football is, sort of sets the standard in terms of professionalism, but I think it'd be very interesting for us, wouldn't it, to I see mean, the rugby we, side of things. I had one time with a GPS tracker in, it was under 18's national team, we had a warm-up game against Heidelberg, right, um, and uh, Benedetti got these GPS trackers in, we, we all put them on, and um, he basically... It was just to see like how 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 much the players are working off the ball, just how how many meters and stuff. And um, I remember you had to like press a little button on the top to switch yeah, on yeah. before the game. So we turn those off, yeah, did yeah. they? <laughs> <laughs> you, you laugh, but so everyone was everyone was switching them on, getting getting their mate to switch them on. Right, I was still like I think it was sixteen, so I was still like one of the really young guys in the group. And um, the whoever it was who was meant to turn mine on didn't turn it on so i was the only guy in the team oh that, yeah the, oh the, yeah i the, believe the, that yeah Anton. no no well, that's, that. that's exactly what benedetti yeah, said yeah. he was like oh so our oh, liam great work oh, the, so many kilometers choby busy as well great great uh anton 
zero kilometers, yeah. zero meters made. And I was running like I've never run before because yeah. I had, I thought I had the GPS. Had on. The old placebo no, effect. Exactly. Mate. That's yeah. the thing. Because yeah. you've got, when you've got GPS on, you know you're being yeah, tracked. Sure. You, you've got to run. You, you, they know when you're not running. So I was, I was running more than I ever done uh, in any game and zero meters, man. I was gutted. <sighs> so you boys have obviously, you've played today. Yes. Yep. Um, a bit of a blip last week because you guys lost last week, didn't you? Yeah. But Hesbron's lost last week as well. Also, yeah, but we don't look to other teams. Yeah, you just worry <laughs> about yourself. But you won today. 2-0. Yeah. That was against Racing, was it? Racing. Was that right? Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, I mean, it's... Didn't it, know they played football. Huh? There you go. But it was quite interesting because last year was a bit of a nail-biter and I went down to watch... Um, uh, Dudelange play against Hesperange and they were there's probably only three games to go and it basically the, the, the top two teams in the league and Dudelange went 3-1 up yeah. and then bloody butchered it didn't they and lost lost 4-3 it was yeah. a it was a ridiculous game to to go down and watch I mean for the for the neutral obviously I support you guys because you guys come on the show do you know um, but uh, I mean it was a it was a fantastic advert for for Luxembourgish football. But what's the typical training week? So you finished, you obviously, yeah, yeah, your match is done. Is tomorrow recovery day? Yeah, so for the guys who played uh, um, who played today, or most of the minutes played today, uh, they have recovery tomorrow. Then the other guys who didn't play... Uh, what What is the cutoff for that? Just out of curiosity, how many minutes do you have to play to not, to, to avoid, you know, extra fitness? Uh, 60 minutes. Oh, okay. It's about the same. So in, it's, anyone, anyone getting pulled off 59 about, minutes it's, it's a game is yeah. I've been yeah. there. So I've been sat there and it's like, it's getting close <laughs> to 60 minutes here. And then it like, you just, 60 minutes hits and everyone's like, and then like you're going on, you're like, I don't even want to go on now. Got to yeah, do, yeah. Got to do fitness Have tomorrow. Seen, yeah. seen teams, I've seen teams before after the game, they get the people who weren't involved. Oh, I've in been the there and done it, mate. Running lengths on the yeah. pitch. Fitness. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. the same. That's awful. Yeah. Especially if your team loses. Just or if, if your team wins and they, they go and celebrate and you're doing... That's when you that's make awful. sure your GPS tracker is yeah, turned on for that go, one, yeah. you know, so they can uh, they can and get it, all the data. It's, it's a small group, so it's just you and the S&C coach. Yeah. And it's just about five guys going backwards. Oh, it's awful. S&C coaches, like the guys who do the fitness, they must be, would they be the most hated people in oh, yeah. professional <laughs> sports <laughs> and stuff? Like, I know some of the stuff I've shouted at my S&C guys and stuff but do you, do you shout a bit of abuse at the coach or does it just make it worse for yourself not the not the actual coach but the the strength conditioning guy the fitness guy yeah you know i'm on a radio show so i can't say everything yeah. <laughs> no. so you say we'll we'll, we'll release uh like a deleted scenes bit afterwards and you can actually say what you think exactly. after the show yeah um so you'll you'll have your recovery day tomorrow yeah uh and then what is it back into tuesday then Tuesday's free, yeah, uh, for everybody. Then Wednesday's uh, Wednesday and Thursday's hard training. Then Friday free, uh, Saturday uh, training before the match, yeah, and then uh, Sunday the, the and, match. And when you say hard training, what are we talking? T- two sessions, double session in the day, or just more of a fitness element? Or again, yeah, go on. Sorry, no, we 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 just train once a day, uh, always in the evening, except on Saturday mornings. Uh, but yeah, one, Wednesdays and uh, Thursdays it's physical training plus uh, football training so it's pretty long most of the time and you do everything so it's good for the condition and on those days you can also train hard because uh, towards Sunday it's enough time to recover yeah. normally I guess it's it's harder for you as well because you're because you're new to the team you're coming in so you can't sort of um, be like oh <laughs> the old hammy or the you know the old strat. I mean, I used to. I'm, lo- I'm familiar. I, I used to love it in my second de- season down in Mess. Mate, it was brilliant. It'd be like, hey, 
first team against second team contact. And I'll be like, oh, for God's sake, when you're one of the older guys, you know, doing contact a couple of times a week can really be sore on the body. There used to be about five or six of the older guys and the coach would be like, yeah, yeah. Pa problem, pa problem, yeah, no problem at all. Do you have a few older guys who can sit out a little bit? You know, the old dogs who have been at the club for a bit longer? To be honest, normally uh, it happened, uh, also in football, but uh, here uh, it, it it doesn't happen. So I think it's good. I think for the older guys it's sad. Because <laughs> there was a guy, a guy used to play at Tottenham, by the way, I'm not a Tottenham supporter, okay, just to be clear, a guy called Ledley King, and he played for England a few times as well. And his knees were so bad that he actually physically couldn't get through I mean he had to stop playing when he was younger but he physically couldn't get through a week's training yeah. so you might train once and once at the week but still play in the Premier League on I a. S- I saw it also um, the Dutch goalkeeper Edwin van der Sar yeah. maybe you know him yeah. Yeah, yeah, a legend of course uh, I thought he also didn't train at all the whole week at United Man United but uh, in the weekend he played always and he was good yeah it's good. Oh, that, yeah, if, if you do that, that's the thing. If you do that, you've got to back it up for the weekend. Yeah, exactly. You can't, you can't be sitting at home all weekend. I think and, someone and like some, someone like him playing at Man U. You know, he's got money in the bank. He's. Yeah. It's not like he's turning up and being like, "Yeah, I'm not going to train." But I have heard that, uh, like uh, especially in rugby, where the, a couple of the big clubs, and you've got. You know, you'll the rock old, up for training and the coach would bowl into the changing with the old boys. Be like, "You lads, training today," and it's not even a discussion. <laughs> they just be like, "No." You know, they st- still get picked to play on the weekend. It's yeah. like, right, as long as you, we let the young guys, you know, beat each other up on in training and stuff like that. But yeah. would you, would you ever avoid training, Anton? All the time. Yeah. Well, if, if if I'm not needed, I'm I'm on the side like. Oh, be like, Anton, you're not training. Yeah. No, no, I've got to go and practice my yeah, throwing. Yeah, you know, exactly, yeah, well, you're kicking. Yeah, you're yeah, all yeah, kicking. kicking obviously, was it? Um, my my friend sent me a picture. It was the um, England rugby. Uh, they were in training, and there's a picture of the the, the hooker Jamie George. And at the minute in the in the squad, uh, he he starts. He plays pretty much all the the game time. And the two replacements are like young guys, not much experience, not many minutes, right? So at the minute, he knows he's starting. He's going to play most of the game, every game. If it doesn't matter who's available, he's going to play all the game. My friend sent me the, the picture. He's like, Jamie George. He's walking in training. He, he doesn't need to do anything. He's he's relaxed all the time. He's he's not run a single meter since he got in training camp. He's he's fully one of them veterans that knows he doesn't have to do anything and he's starting every game. Yeah. So he backs up for the weekend. So well, he's a lion as well, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, well, he's, go. he's got money. He's got money in the uh, money in the bank. But um, a couple of funny questions for you. Um, oh, the first one actually. Remember I said about the longest tennis match. What's the longest the ten- this the longest tennis match ever? And this happened in 2010 at Wimbledon. What is it? So what is the average? How, how long? How long did the tennis match match? A normal tennis match might last an hour and a half, two hours maybe. If they're on court for longer than two hours, up to three hours maybe for a crazy final. What's the longest match ever? It's got to be a day, <laughs> at least. Well, when five they're hours. when they're on court, yeah, five, five. hours. Are you going with five hours? Yes. What are you going with? Twelve, thirteen hours. 11 hours and five minutes, okay? It was between a guy called John Isner, who's a massive American, and uh, Nicholas Mahoop, yeah, in 2010. And um, the third, oh, sorry, the fifth set, the tiebreaker, went on 
until it was um, until until eventually John Isner won seventy sixty eight. But literally, it went on for it was ridiculous net to come back, and then obviously Isner got knocked out straight away in this <laughs> next round because they obviously structure it so you have a day of uh, day of recovery. Now I've got another serious question. Before we got you on, I did a little bit of research about yourself, okay, and had a bit of a nosy see what's going on, mate. What the hell is going on with the photo of you? Have you been on transfermarket.com? Come and look at this one. Come and look at this. Come, come here and look at this. What's he going for here? What face is he trying to pull here? What's this? Yeah, you can come and see. Have you not seen this photo? No, you don't see this photo. It's absolute diamond, mate. (laughs) You don't like it? No. Well, I don't know what you look like. I don't know. You look like Voldemort or something. You look like. You're being evil about something. If, if you're listed out there, go and uh, go transfer market. Um, it's like, a, you know, we do the smile out the side of your mouth. It's like, you know, the smirk. Like, yeah, like yeah, a Draco yeah. Malfoy or yeah. something like that, you know. I'm trying to get you another nickname. Well, have you got any nicknames the boys know you by? My nickname is uh, Opa. 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 Oh, pretty original. Yeah. What about you, Anton? You got any nicknames? Um, not really. I don't think so. I, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've to be fair, one, one awful one, my... my brothers when I was younger if you don't if you don't, you don't have to embarrass yourself here you no, don't have to yeah, tell well, me this well, again. I've, I've started now yeah. I've finished I've got back it now um my brothers as a joke I think one time when they had mates over they they called me pants it was just the 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 the, the worst word they could think of at the time just pants and it stuck forever I don't know why I'm just being called pants from then on by well, my brothers well there you go you shouldn't have told us that yeah. because no. now yeah, the next FLR camp, I'm going around shouting pants and it's stuff. Speaking of nicknames, I just found out that Kai's middle name is Benjamin. So now I'm calling him Big Ben from now on. Benji. Benji. Big Benji, Big exactly. Benji. Yeah. Fair enough. That's a, that's a good one there. So yeah, no, I had a bit of a nosy. I was like, well, you know, to be fair, mate, if you keep scoring hat-tricks, you can have any picture you want. You know, it doesn't really, uh, it doesn't really matter. But um, did you play any other sports growing up? Um, yeah, I played inline skating. So you have uh, ice skating. Uh, and then you have also inline skating. It's more on the on the road. But is that actually actually hockey on no, inline skates, no. or more just like racing and stuff like that? Yeah, it's racing. But I I just I think I did it one game because my brother he did it and uh, he was going to World Cups and uh, European champion, so he was good in it. And my whole family did that, so I I always wanted to play football, but I was uh, too young. So then I did one game that, but there was nobody from my age. Is your brother older than you? He's two years older. Okay, and just just one brother, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. What about you, Anton? Two. Two. Are you two the youngest old, two one? Older brothers. So plenty of bagar. Huh? Brutal. Yeah. Brutal. I know, mate. I got three right. younger brothers, so I know all about it. Plenty of uh, plenty of um, fighting. Um, again, just having a nosy. Um, your company. Yes. Is, it, how do you, is that OAP? Is that right? That's OAP Sports. Yes. So from my nickname, yeah. I started the, the company. So tell me more about that. Um, yeah, I started the ID. It's a recovery uh, machines. I'm, I'm selling and renting for most of it uh, professional athletes, also professional clubs and so on. Yeah. Uh, and I started the ID when I was 16, when I was playing for Groningen. And basically we trained in that moment eight times a week. Plus school, uh, it was a lot. And we just had one physio. But you have 30 players, so when you needed uh, a treatment, you couldn't. And then I was like, okay, I want to become a professional. What can I do for myself besides the going to the physio at the club? So then I came in contact uh, with some uh, recovery machines. 
So I start using it by myself and then some teammates say, they said, hey, what are you using? Because you are always fit and you recovered good. So then I was like, okay, uh, this is also a business and I've always been an entrepreneur also besides football. Then it's, it's difficult to start with money and so on. So all the money I earned, uh, I put it aside to one day start and yeah. two years ago I started and now it's... Uh, It's going good. Unreal, unreal. So when you talk about recovery in terms of the machines and the products, what what sort of thing are we talking about here? Is it like the is it like the leggings, you know, with the or no, no, it's more um uh air compression boots. Yeah. So you have a whole boots uh yeah, like a whole boots where uh, air is pumping in. Yeah. And it uh it's for the blood flow. Yeah. Uh, so you, it's a treatment time of uh, 45 minutes to 60 minutes. Okay. And then your um, blood flows goes quicker so that your... Um, so vasoconstriction and stuff like that in, in the muscles. Is, is it too, Is it only if you get injured or would you still do it without being injured? No, that's, that's really the one for prevention. Yeah. Uh, so that one I, I sell the most to athletes, individual. Yeah. And I have also a cold machine. It's almost the same, but then with cold, with, with ice, you put ice in it. And that one is more for the clubs itself. Yeah. It's also more expensive. And that's really for after a rec uh, after an injury to recover uh, much quicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very interesting. It's something, unfortunately, we, well, I think uh, the rugby could buy into, especially with a lot yeah, of contact sure, and stuff yeah. like that. For, the, for rugby, uh, the cold machine is really interested. In yeah. That. I mean, we, some of the older guys, I don't know about you, Anton, but I sort of live and die by ice baths and stuff like that. And, and it does, it does make a, make a big difference. Uh, what about yourself, Anton? I, uh, actually, before I came, I took a dip in, uh, Choby's pool at the minute and it's freezing cold. Yeah. Um, nothing to do with rehab or anything just because it was 30 degrees yeah why not why not actually no, um yeah no ice baths i'm not a fan what, a, bit, what, a bit cold for me when we were at uni um i was at uni in belfast and they built this big multi-purpose sports center and it was it, they just opened it up and they had the plunge pool and the jacuzzi next to each other and then the sauna and the steam room and we were in there and you've got guys who are you know very talented but very naive when it comes to the the sort of the preparation and the recovery side of things and so we've all gone in and gone in the ice bath and you do your your 90 seconds or your two minutes and stuff but it's not ice obviously but it's just yeah. circulated water but it was at like one two degrees so it is absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. freezing and this lad is like comes in you know giving it stacks and stuff jumps in the jacuzzi and he's like oh you know what's the crack and do you just jump in and like oh, oh you literally just jump in and then sit in there and mate he didn't think about it and he just he didn't know what he was in for and mate he just stepped and jumped into it and you talk about rat up a drain pipe he never it's like a cat had been thrown in and he was clawing trying to trying to get out of it couldn't couldn't get hold of anything you know man one of the lads had to like pull him out and he uh, obviously there was a lot of swearing involved as well uh at the time but yeah there's a couple of uh we're, we're actually very lucky in uh in luxembourg you know you've got places like mondorf you know lithurms at, at strassen and stuff and they do have these these plunge pools which uh, personally i think you could get a lot more even if you have gone out for the the yeah. bevets afterwards you know certainly from that recovery point of view uh getting in that oh very very interesting i might um, i'll have a conversation with you afterwards about that because i think it's something that is yeah. especially in luxembourg where like sport is getting stronger and stronger and stronger but a lot of the i think that the misunderstanding with trying to be professional isn't just about training more and training harder you know they sort of 
they work in tandem, don't they? Yes, you can train harder. Yes, you can train more, but the recovery and, and then also the nutrition and hydration also comes into it massively sure. as well. Yeah. Um, so it's not all serious on here. We do ask a couple <laughs> of funny questions. Okay. There's a couple of belters we always ask you. Um, the first one, would you prefer to have a moustache or would you have a mullet? You know, where you'd like shave, you'd have to shave the top part of the head. So like all long yeah, yeah. down here at the back, you have to pick one or the other. Which one would you pick? Uh, I know your partner in crime's here. You're not going to get in trouble for this though. But I think uh, a mullet would fit yeah. me. That's my man. Yeah. Huh? Clean shaven. Right, Good boy. Good boy. <laughs> um, what about you? Huh? What about I'd, you? I normally go I both, both, to be yeah. honest, yeah. <laughs> I actually, I'll show you my moustache afterwards, but a couple of years ago I did this one oh, around okay, okay. here. So, good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever be able to grow it again. But, you know. <laughs> um, and the other one we'll ask you is, if you were going to the beach, would you wear what we call budgie smugglers? So do you wear like the, you know, like the, the yeah, tight yeah, 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 yeah. here? Or do you wear like the long, the long board shorts? Which would you... <laughs> I think uh, my my wife would love that. Oh, you call it the budgie smugglers? Yeah, exactly. do they do yeah the speedos. Smugglers. Do they do the it speedos? Yeah, yeah. Huh? In rugby, it's massive. Yeah, it's massive smugglers. in rugby. It's, they all play with them yeah. underneath their shorts. And, oh, okay. A lot of them, and there's a bunch of brand new. I don't know how you do, mate. It's, no, I, I, could, I, I have. Yeah. I have played a sevens tournament in them. Mate, the chafe is unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Vaseline afterwards. But, but sorry to interrupt. But would you go budgie smugglers or boardies? No, the 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 tight ones. Yeah, I bet you. If you, I bet if you, you're probably in ridiculous yeah. shape, so yeah, you can pull it off. You know. <laughs> Sorry, Anton, I'm being a bit rude here. What would you go for, mullet or mustache? I wish I could have a, a, a mullet, so it would be a mullet, but I, it just wouldn't work for me. I, I'd have to go mustache. Okay, and what about? You'd obviously go budgies, wouldn't obviously. you? Obviously, you've got to back the budgies. I'm, I'm thinking every day. because we we always ask all our guests this, so I think what I'm going to do is organise a big order <laughs> of like. Yeah budgie smugglers for our guests with like I don't know mine and Nathan's face on it and you can walk around in them I don't know something like let's, that let's talk be funny. <laughs> yeah. on, on your budget yeah, yeah. On the back <laughs> some of sort of random hashtag yeah. oh, you know yeah, um, and the other one we'll always ask is do you wear your do you pull your socks up or do you wear them down so you get guys you know how you wear the, the socks sort of up to there or do you have the don't oh, have I, them I, down I put them down yeah, ah, socks good down. Man, yeah. Socks down. Oh. You got big calves, have you? No, look, have you got big know. calves? Is that why you wear them down? No, no. no okay, no, no, at least no. you're honest. Yeah, I feel oh, like if, if you pull them up and you've got small calves, they make them look even smaller. Yeah. Whereas if you pull them down, Hugo Batani. Even if you've got small calves and you put them down, it makes I don't know. Also, yeah. if you put them down, you get like ten percent extra speed. Just wear trackies. Just wear <laughs> trackies. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, and the last one. Um, well, there's there's plenty more stupid questions, but certainly this one. Um, you've obviously watched the boxing, the UFC, and that sort of thing. But a big part of um, of uh, of that whole experience in the entertainment is trying to get the crowd involved. Um, you know, to to sort of build the atmosphere. I mean, certainly out in the Netherlands, they have no problem queuing up the crowd for matches and stuff like that. But if you were getting announced onto the pitch, um, and you had to pick a soundtrack or a piece of music for you to walk out onto the pitch on your own what would you what would you walk out to ooh nice question um i love the song don't stop the party from pitbull you have the the daughter mm. from uh, peter Wright. yeah i love to watch darts and that sound uh, that song i really love so it's funny uh, because uh, i just married uh was that your first dance music was it no no, it was not the dance music, but the the entry uh, song. So uh, P Peter Wright, the snake snake bite. Yeah, is that his exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I love that song. So tell me, just to, as again, we we often go off on a bit of a tangent here when we we talk on the show. But why why is darts um, 
so big in uh, in the Netherlands then? Because you've got old uh, Raymond uh, Raymond van yeah, yeah, Barneveld. Yeah, he yeah, was from there. Bad at and um, Michael legend, Michael yeah. van Gerwen as well. Yeah. Actually, I've told this on this show before, but the best thing I've seen in sports is uh, this is years ago. Van Barneveld was obviously when well, he was he was competing, and he did one where he was competing against this this up and coming young guy, and the young guy rocks up and just goes. Poof, poof, and hits 180. Barney comes up, bang, 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 180. The young guy comes up like this, goes bang, 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 and then he just looks over and basically gives Barney the eyeball, and then Barney just goes like this, bang, 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 looks away, hits 180, and I was like, bah, drop the mic. Cold. Animal, uh, absolute animal. Yeah, why is, so, why is that so big out in... Uh, in uh, I think, as you say, uh, we had from Barnefeld... Uh, legend in darts and now Van Gerwen uh, for me uh, if I wouldn't be a football player definitely I would go for darts yeah. but in darts you know you can dart at 40-50 uh, so I'm not sure my <laughs> my yeah. wife likes career but change on, yeah. in the cards after, definitely. after my I, football I, career I think uh, the physique might change yeah, a bit yeah, you know exactly. if you go down with darts it's right the shirts are pretty yeah. big you, you in, need in, to have uh, the physics for, yeah, yeah, for darts yeah. if uh, we we um, Obviously, uh, when, when you're growing up in sport, there's certain people you watch and you, I guess you almost idolise, they're your heroes and stuff like that. Um, is there anybody, Nathan and I have always talked about, would you, if you met somebody, would you be starstruck where you like, couldn't know to, you know, to talk to them? And actually one of the guys, um, uh, you obviously know Phil the, Phil the Power Taylor, um, who's an absolute um, legend in darts and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And Nathan, uh, yeah, met him in a like in a shop in, in really? and he was just like <laughs> didn't didn't know what to say yeah. to him. Um, what about yourself? Is there anybody you'd be like, oh my god, it's him, like Ronaldo or Messi yeah, or something? Sure, like that. Uh, Ronaldo, Messi, um, Ronaldinho back in the time. Uh, actually, I went a few years ago to to London, and I went to a shopping mall and I saw. Um, Aki Femwa, the strongest football player. My absolute he's animal. Massive. Yeah, he's so, yeah. So I saw him and I was like, wow. Yeah. So normally I never went to to like a famous athlete and ask for a picture. I never did that. Yeah. But with him, I, I said, uh, can we have a picture? Yeah. So, but back in the time, you know, uh, the pictures didn't went to iCloud or something. Yeah. So I can't find it anymore. So I would love... Uh, well, maybe you get to meet him again one day, huh? I hope. <laughs> well, mate, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Uh, it's been really insightful, actually. To, and I hope you're, you you keep scoring goals for uh, for Dude Lounge. We'll, uh, we'll certainly be down to watch you, uh, watch you, watch you again this season. And, uh, well, fingers crossed you can, uh, you know, get the championship back from, uh, from Hesbronge. But, uh, yeah, keep doing what you're doing and uh, really appreciate you joining us tonight. We're going to jump over to Anthony in a second here. Uh, Anthony, I'm going to give you your, uh, your little bit of rugby limelight. The first thing I want to talk about, though, is uh, there is a little bit of a- athletics gone on, which we have a bit of... Um, Obviously, Luxembourgish interesting. Uh, the first one is Bob Bertemus. Um, he had no luck, unfortunately, in the uh, shot putt at the uh, World Championships out in Budapest with no registered throws. Vera Hoffman, she ran a 409.76 and finished 12th in her heat, but only the top six go few. Um, Charles Grethen ran 334.17 to finish fourth and will qualify for Sunday. So tonight's semi-final, I'll check in how he's been going. But that is a season best for him. And then the big one, Patricia van der Vecke, 
second. She was running in the 100 metres. She finished fourth in her heat, 11.38. Not her day. Um, she's had a hell of a season planned through it, but she has already qualified for the Olympics next year. So that's really, really interesting. Um, Anton, rugby-wise, Wales, South Africa. Wales got an absolute pumping by uh, South Africa. I don't think Wales are getting out of their pool, mate. I don't think they are either. I watched the, the France-Fiji game and you look at the way Fiji are playing and... They, that's the thing. They, they, they've always been physical. They've always had like natural talent, flair. But there's a couple of positions now where, like ten hooker, where they've got sort of a bit more stability, and and they can play against tier one nations and 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 run a game. You know, you never see Fiji sort of picking and going five meters out, score a try, and and, and they did it so well against France. Yeah. And and you're talking about France as well, uh, the, probably one of the best teams defensively in the world. Um, so. And yeah, Wales not looking in great shape. No, and then you've got obviously Ireland, um, obviously beat England 29-10, the big red card. Um, personally, I just think there's too much expectation on England. Um, I don't think Ireland really got going either. I think Ireland no, had a lot Ireland, more in the tank. Yeah. It's, it's a weird match because you're, you know, you're two, three weeks out from the World Cup. You don't want to play in these matches. You don't want to play because it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Yeah, you know, you, need, you, can't, you, you can't go full hog at the. And I mean, yeah. uh, Ireland are obviously lucky because they've not got Sexton playing, and he's sort of been wrapped yeah. in cotton wool, which I, I think is a good thing for them. But Dan Sheehan's picked up a knock, so that could be interesting. What's your take on the red card? It's a red. Yeah, I mean, like as soon as when, when you're when you're upright like that, um, if you're never in a position to make a legal tackle, the mitigation doesn't matter. Do like, you? Because if you watch it, he doesn't really wrap that right arm. Do you think he wraps the right arm? That changes it. It doesn't. Not really. It's still. It's still uh, what shoulder to head. Yeah. I mean, like I say, I only watched it live. I haven't, I haven't looked at uh, looked at it back, but yeah, no, it's a tough it's, one because if you're, you know, yourself, it's it, a lazy tackle. It, it is, but also when you go into contact, I think this is something you're going to see more of is because guys, when they're carrying the ball, will sort of tuck in yeah. and dip into it. So obviously that's not mitigation, but you know, the guys who are tackling have to be aware of that. Don't the thing they? is, yeah, I mean, what Billy's what, 130 kg. So when you're that big, you can get away with body tackling yeah. a lot of time, staying upright. Right. So you get a bad habit of doing it. Right. And he's just, he's just done that and it's yeah. gone wrong. Um, like you look at someone like Ben Earl, he's going to chop you. Yeah, yeah. that's just how he is. He, yeah, exactly. He was actually very good he yesterday was, yeah. in, a, in, a, in a poor England team, to yeah. be honest. Uh, the other one, obviously, France beating Fiji. I mean, uh, shout out to Gary Mitchell, who's a team doctor, a friend of mine from uni, uh, who's a team doctor with Fiji. Um, but, I mean, if there's a team you want to go and watch at the World Cup, it's oh, probably yeah. Fiji, isn't it? Because they're going to yeah. turn up and play, even if they're down by 60 points, they're going to chuck they the ball got around. they ballers in their team yeah, as well. Mate. they got talent all over the place to watch yeah, 100%. Um, I think I think Fiji are going to turn some uh, turn some heads uh, the other big one was Italy uh, absolutely thumped Romania 57-7 which you sort of expected next weekend will be the last uh, round of the World Cup matches you've got New Zealand South Africa which is at Twickenham again if it was outside a World Cup yeah I think it'd be very interesting but I don't think anybody wants to play you, do you want to play in that a week out from the World Cup you know arguably the two best teams in the world Is would you want to play the week before the World Cup no, no, for sure not. You know, the, the risk of getting injured yeah, is depends. It's, it's be great. If you've if you've not played for for months, is it different? Then would you? Well, want but to they're play? coming off the rugby championship, yeah, aren't know, they? Yeah, but I mean, it's not necessarily all of them. You know, someone might be coming back from injury or whatever, and and you know, you, it's like you say, training can only be so intense. Yeah, right. Sometimes you need a few. Yeah, like you yeah, say at the start yeah. of the season, you need a few games to get get into it yeah so I mean that's why you have the World Cup warm-ups as well mm. yeah um, but yeah it is yeah 
you don't really want to be getting injured. No, no. Um, uh, unless they are going to put, as we would call, the shags out, you know, yeah. play the boys who are probably not going to, you know, there's, there's certain boys need to be wrapped in cotton wool. Yeah. You know, maybe they're going to play the boys who aren't going to play as much in the World Cup. You know, I don't know. But next weekend's a pretty big day for rugby. You've got Spain against Argentina. England are obviously hosting Fiji. Italy will host Japan. Scotland will host Georgia. Ireland will host Samoa. And then you've got a Sunday kickoff. You know, if you are going for that big weekend bender, France will be playing Australia. Uh, very, very interesting. As always, we are privileged to have Mr Perez join us, who's going to give our uh, roundup of what's been going on in the world of Luxembourgish football from around uh, around the Grand Duché. We've actually got one of the Dude Lounge players, so don't be slagging them off tonight, mate, all right? <laughs> I'm trying to be nice to yeah. you. Yeah, on you go, mate. Before I start with the Premier League, let's talk about the last team who were in the Conference League qualifiers and was Hesperance after that 3-1 defeat on the first game. Hesperance desperately needed to win by at least <laughs> two goals to go into extra time. And yes, Hesperance scored indeed two times, but the game ended 2-1. But let's get into some details because the away team got a red card after only 15 minutes. And I don't know what exactly happened, but because it was pretty, uh, sorry if I say this, it was pretty dumb because Struga got a free kick and I think a player like from them complained and then got a red card but I'm not sure about it but that's how I saw in the stadium yeah uh, um, <clears throat> uh, one minute later after the red card Struga took the lead after Ibrahimi who scored a hat-trick on the first game headed the ball into the back of the net and sorry maybe I'm losing a bit of my objectivity if I say this but after this red card the playoffs North Macedonia simulated a lot and if I say a lot they did a lot like every five minutes a player was like, normal in football though isn't it all the diving and stuff like that oh, but terrible was, that, 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 was, that was extreme I swear because I was in the stadium I, me and my girlfriend we got mad every time this happened and the referee fell for it every time it was a contact they fell and then when it happened to us we didn't get the free kick it was pretty um, was pretty like uh, annoying yeah. but it's not it's not the main the main problem even if this broke the rhythm of the game um, because in second half they didn't even get a single chance Hespronch dominated the game and was back into it after Hemkemeyer scored in the 17th minute so they needed two goals a second one came in the fourth minute of, of additional time by Akalaya but it came too late and they are now out of the conference league qualifiers and in my opinion even if the anti-football won it's also the problem of coming from Hesbronch because they got a lot of chances but couldn't convert all of them because if they did convert more they would have won the game easily yeah. without any problem and some funny story because before I move on to the Bijel League me, me and my girlfriend we were like not insulting but screaming at some players from Struga like you mm, beep beep and after the game, we saw a player standing there and we were like, you know what, let's take a picture with him. Then we went there and we're like, yeah, can we take a picture? And he was like, okay. And uh, It was like, were you the guy shouting at me? And you're like, no, 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 no. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Uh, it's always the way, isn't it? It's always heat at the moment, I think, in those matches yeah. and stuff. Just to uh, interrupt you there, I think it's uh, it'd be disrespectful of me to not talk about the Women's World Cup final, actually. It was in my notes. I've completely overlooked it. Did you watch it? No? I had a good... <clears throat> Good excuse. I did watch it. Spain obviously prevailed 1-0. I think they scored in about the 30th minute. It was an absolute beaut of a finish. Um, and they uh, had a... Con I would say what you would call a questionable... 
um, penalty as well, which um, was actually saved. Um, but yeah, England unfortunately just couldn't couldn't get over the line. It's an interesting one because I think on paper you would have had England to win it, especially yeah. as Spain lost. I think they lost four 0 to Japan in the group stages or something. But you know, as the game as the game uh, as the game went on, the sort of panic starts to set in. Ugh, it's it's a tough one, but. Uh, it's it's the same old with English football. Unfortunately, they're arguably the most funded, uh, the most well-funded, uh, you know, football union yeah. out there and stuff. Was, but unfortunately, not not coming up with the goods. But you know, so commiserations to England and obviously congratulations to uh, to Spain. Sorry, Anthony. BGL roundup. Let's start with the Escher Derby, probably the most famous derby <laughs> in Luxembourg. This game took place already on Matthew three, and it's the Jeunesse who beat Fulham with a score of four one. Arenate, Almeida, Teixeira and Moni were the goal scorers for the home team. With 11 goals conceded in three games, Fola has at the moment the worst defense of the league. Are they going down? I don't know, because last... Well, that's your job, you're a football pundit, you have to tell us what's happening. You, you know how my predictions... <coughs> actually, my predictions aren't that wrong. I'm coming to this later. No, it's actually pretty trash because I said Nidakon would be my title contender and uh, they already got their first setback today by losing to Schifflange 2-0 after Herr who scored in the third game in a row and Bizic for their, who scored for their colors and with that win Schifflange go up to the second place and they remain unbeaten in the league pretty strong and surprising team and I hope for them that it's going to remain like that because it's always cool when little teams or small teams are everyone loves the underdogs better. don't oh, yeah. they they love the underdogs Underdog star is always the best. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to Hasbronch, who seem to start uh, this season with some difficulties. After their defeat against Petos in the league, they took Rosby at home and needed to a win to avoid a wrong start into this campaign. In the end, thanks to a brace from Aliui, they managed to defeat Rosby 3-2. And despite the positive result, some problems remain to be solved because for a team like Hesbronch who won against Trust and 5-1 on first match day they need to beat Rosbach teams like Rosbach a bit more let's say easily I know a win is a win but I feel like these international games weren't like weren't good for them in the league yeah. let's think about dude launch was like It's always the way, isn't it? There's a bit of a hangover. Yeah. yeah, a bit of a hangover from the... From three three the years ago, Dillon had also defeated <coughs> the league after playing European football. It's not easy, like like uh, we think. Uh, let's move over to Mersch. Although it's not a win, they celebrate their first point of the season after drawing two wheels 1-1. Who scored? Ah, uh, you know who scored. Maybe? Benny Bresch? Yes. Ex, who scored? Ex, ex guy on the You're show. Good man. Fans. Calling him, huh? You're a Merce fan? Yeah, well... <laughs> he's a fan of every team he's inviting. So. Was, we, we sort of followed... We loved Merce last year because they were in the second division and they got to the Lux Cup final yeah, yeah. and it was probably the, the the most people that have ever been at the Stade. The Lux had like 9,000 people yeah. down for it and we'd love, we'd love to have that down there, wouldn't we? Good But luck. yeah, we had him on and uh, said he was going to score some goals. So good man, Benny. Good stuff. It's the fun of some... Yeah, uh, yeah. He scored. Uh, he scored very early in the game until the 81st minute before Wills equalized after Cavagnenia scored. Meos for Mersch got a red card five minutes before the game, but it didn't change anything. One-one was the scoreline. Did Lunch win the top game? No, no worries. I'm gonna be good today. <laughs> they win the top game after, after defeating Racing Tunil, who conceded their second defeat already this season, despite the high expectations before the start of this campaign. Samir Haji and Edis Agovic both were the match winners in this game. It was going to make my day if he had to pronounce your name. Uh, if you'd have scored today, that would have been brilliant, I, wouldn't it? would be better, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Diffedange remained the only team in the PGA League with no pointless 
no point loss this season. Against Monterich, they celebrate a 2-0 win after goals from Bay and Monteiro. Logically, they remain top of the league with 9 points in 3 games. Ooh, I gotta hurry. No, don't worry. You got, it's all good. You all keep right. going, boss. You keep going. The craziest game of the weekends go to the duel between Monov and Kerzhen. In an 8-goal thriller, it's Monov who celebrate their first win of the season. The man of the match was without any doubt Umar Gassama, who first missed a penalty in the 5th minute and later got himself a hat-trick. Peter Strauss is played at the moment and last time I checked it was like 30 minutes ago Peter Strauss winning 1-0 I hope Peter is still winning to uh, keep uh, the table here right um, before I get to I go to the last news because two national team players performed well this weekend let's go move over to the Classement, no, table. Yeah. Uh, at first we've got Diffenos with 9 points followed by Petange and Schifflange the surprise of this season yet then Hesperange and Tidlange both title containers of last season will remain title containers don't understand me wrong then we've got Jeunesse Niederkorn Monorich then Mondorf Rosbach Racing on 12th we've got Strassen on 30th Fola and the three teams will remain without any win Mersch Wils and then Kerjing And as I said, some national team players were on duty this weekend and some didn't miss to impress. Our captain, Lauro Jans, scored in the third, uh, third tier of Germany for vault of Mannheim against Lübeck, which ended 2-2. Olivier Till, I know he's not a national team player anymore, but it's already good to mention some Luxembourgish players, on the other side celebrated a 2-1 win against Adana Spor. He scored the winner in the seventh minute of adding time to give San Spor the next three points this season. And last but not least, Ivandro Borges got substituted. Uh, so like he came in against Augsburg in the first match of the Bundesliga in the 86th minute. Less than 10 minutes later, he got fouled in the penalty area and helped his team to equalize right before the final whistle. Like he he didn't score, but he he got the he dived and got them the penalty, did he? You know, I like Augsburg. So <laughs> I, I, I want to pretend he dived, but I don't know. I I, I think not. The game ended 4-4, and that's it from Let's Fuss News. You can. We'll you sign it off. Gents, thank you uh, all uh, very much for uh, for joining us um, this evening. Stay in comms with us uh, throughout the season. Uh, Anthony does a great job of bringing us up to speed with what's going on um, in and around the uh, the BGL League. As always, uh, Anton as well, thanks for joining us this evening. Um, and good luck with the dissertation, mate. Yeah. Um, as always, we give a huge shout out to the army of volunteers out there who make our sporting world tick. Whether you're washing kit, marking out pitches, coaching the kids or driving them or making sandwiches, whatever you do to keep these young in sport please keep doing that you can check out the rest of the team tomorrow uh, from 6am you've got Sam Steen you've got Stephen Stepslow at 12 and then Melissa Dalton with the home stretch from 3 o'clock don't forget Dave Burrows with the DB3 sessions and as always Sarah Tapp with her 10am hangover show boys until next week it is cheer cheer, cheer.